0: You're listening to the UCB Long Form Conversations
1: podcast, in-depth conversations with performers and teachers from the best alternative comedy theater on the planet. In today's episode, the podcast will take a break from our normal interview
0: format, instead presenting a palate cleanser, where UCB teachers and staff present official UCB news and updates, focus on a specific element of long-form improv, and offer experimental, one-off episodes. The opinions expressed in this episode are those of the comedians talking and don't necessarily reflect the opinions of UCB theater or training center. Warning. What you're about to hear is an extremely nerdy conversation about
1: long-form improv comedy. You're listening to Long Form Conversations here on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. Today is a bit of a palate cleanser episode. I am with my dear friend, Brian Husky, longtime performer, longtime buddy, fellow conspirator in a big movie project we did together. Brian, how are you today?
0: Uh, I'm good. I'm fighting a little bit of a cold as there's one going around the city. So be Is careful. there ever
1: a time in Los Angeles that there isn't a cold going around? E- well,
0: I'm sure certain areas are gonna be, you know, a little more cold ridden than others, but in my in this in the eastern part of the city right now, I'm encountering
1: a lot of snifflies, a lot of complainings, a lot of in the eastern zone. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people- Park Silver Lake. Yeah. A lot as of- far as downtown or no?
0: I haven't, I haven't gotten down there. Maybe I'll pop down and just like walk into a coffee place and say, who here is sick? And mm-hmm. to see who volunteers that information.
1: And is this, uh, you would do this out of boredom or out of curiosity?
0: Uh, just, I'm sure like out of the gate, the listeners are like, oh, wow, they're talking about, they're talking like old men having a conversation about like sickness and, and health and stuff. So I'd love to see how how deep this goes, and I want to sort of, you know, support that. So maybe it's an experiment to see how far I'll go in just finding out how many people are sick.
1: It also reminds me of that movie Outbreak. It's like epidemiology where you try to source the beginning of a virus. I guess
0: I could swab people's mouths. Mm -hmm. Have you ever
1: done the DNA testing?
0: Uh, No, I did Ancestry.
1: That's DNA testing.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't tell me, like, what my, you know, my sort of, like what kind of foods I should eat or any of that kind of stuff. I did get- Oh, wow. I I did a- What is
1: that? That's two things. One, tell me about your ancestry. Were you surprised by where- Oh, no. Your family or lineage came from? No. What did it tell you? It's all like, it's all
0: England, Scotland, you know, just that area. Tiny bit of Germany. And then there was like one dot over- um, Genghis Khan. Yeah. Raping women. Yeah. But it was just- 680. It's sort of, I was looking at I was like, oh, it seems like I didn't, my lineage only is, goes back like maybe 250 years or something. I feel very recent <laughs> of this earth.
1: Okay. You That's know, your lineage that you can document like Mayflower papers and things like yeah, that. Yeah. That's pretty good though. I don't know. Mine, yeah. mine is, I have a lot of Irish and then on my mom's side, there's like Slovenia, which is basically Austria now. It's what they used to call Bohemia and then English. Oh, uh, yeah. English Welsh Welsh is like Walsh, yeah, so see that's more than I know i my
0: family tree is so fractured that I don't know I mean I I guess that's what it explains the blood type sort of like all right, you don't i don't I don't know much about my dad's side of the family or or him, so you know it's sort of like it's more information I got from my mom, and then she her her parents remarried, so I grew up with like the Hancock's are the family I wasn't blood related to, but they're basically the family I grew up with and stuff, so
1: the environmental factors, yes. not the genetic factors. Not the genetic factors. And what do you think defines a person more, their genes or their environment? Well, research
0: says both. I think I think environment determines a lot more of it. And then I but I think the the genealogy will sort of reveal re- reveal things as you develop you know, Mm -hmm. or it might be sort of in concert. Like you'll have the sort of uh, the environment will shape you and then you'll have these other tendencies or sort of uh, behaviors that are just inherent to
1: you. And that's how you become the black sheep. Sure. There's the randomness of like the DNA strand aligning itself. Right. You can have genes, but they don't dictate what you're going to inherit or how they'll align themselves.
0: Yeah. There's this, I think... Maybe it's a book out. This guy did a study of all these twins that got separated. Oh, Um, love those studies. Yeah, and they were just talking about how they grew up in, you know, different family environments and stuff. And then when they met each other, they felt like things made sense. As much as they're like, oh, yeah, I always identified with the so-and-sos. This is who I grew up. This is how we are. When they would meet their, their blood kin, they'd be like, oh, you know what? No, this this is how it really is, uh, and for a lot of them, it was it was kind of like a homecoming thing, and a lot of people it like screwed them up. They're like, "Whoa, God, wait, who am I? What have I been doing?"
1: Yeah. Did you know Kulop did a story about her uh, origin? Yeah, she's an adopted gal from Cambodia. Yeah, what did she I find believe? out? I think she met her birth mom and she met her sister, mm. I believe. I think I haven't seen the documentary though, but yeah. uh I find that very fascinating as yeah. well. Like that's a big the cross continental uh leap of that.
0: Yeah. It's and weird then, just like what you know. I always thought my parents split up when I was four and then my mom remarried when I was five. But I only recently found out that they split up just after I was born. So Oh, you
1: always in your mind thought it was four?
0: Yeah. Because I had this whole thing, like, I knew I grew up, we lived with my grandmother for a while. um, And that's the only memory I have, you know, when you start to have memories as a kid and stuff. You're like, oh, yeah, I grew up there. So I don't know what the timeline there was. But in my mind, it was, oh, yeah, we got married. I mean, they got divorced, moved into my grandparents, and then shortly later, she married my dad, the dad I grew up with. Uh But it was this whole other thing, right? Your dad was a Hancock? My dad was a Clifford. So I would have been Brian Clifford, which is not a great name. So your genetic father's name was Clifford. Yeah. Was he a preacher? No. Okay, so my my genetic dad was a um, part-time magician and photographer and newscaster. He was kind of a jack-of-all-trades all all over the place. In
1: what part of the country?
0: In Charlotte, North Carolina. North Carolina. And then, uh, then my dad that I grew up with... Used to be a preacher, and he uh, left the church. I guess before I don't know when, either nine months or four years <laughs> before he met my mom. Um, but they, he was a uh, um, worked for the electric company uh, doing right away. So he left
1: the church to marry your mom.
0: No, he just left the church because he got pissed off at the church.
1: He and then met your mom. Shortly thereafter,
0: I don't know. That's again. It's like that. My perception of what I grew up with was like, oh yeah, they got divorced and they got remarried, but it was a four year span. So I don't know how long he is his thing. was. Do you think
1: she could have said, "This is lame. Get out. Let's get out of here." Do you think she to the, could the have church? T- yeah, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I think she
0: she would have been into it. I think
1: she might have
0: been okay. He 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 occasionally would do substitute preaching at his old church. He he left the church because his first wife. Cheated on him and was just a very self-destructive and, and destructive woman. And he had always been trying to sort of like help her and stuff. And he, it finally became too much. And when he found out he, she had been cheating on him, he kind of had like a breakdown. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they split up. He got better. He came back to the church. He's like, oh, I'm so glad I have the church. You know, this community means so much to me. And they're, you know, Southern Baptists. They're like, actually, we're not comfortable having a pastor whose wife's a whore can't ha- keep his family together, so <clears throat> we want you to leave. So they rejected him. Yeah. Wow. And so he, he in turn, sort of rejected the church itself and, and God, basically. He was, kind of, he was very disillusioned.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then sometime after that disillusionment, he met your mother.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And he was going to—they
0: met at church— um, but once they got married, he sort of, he kind of just stopped going. He's like, it's just, he's
1: like, I don't believe this anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: And then later on in his life.
1: Did your mom go or no?
0: She did. She did. She did. She and still then, went. Yeah. And then after, when he stopped going a certain period, they it just fell off, you know. And my grandmother's always like a big, big church goer,
1: like a really important part of her. Your mom's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Ruby, that would be back. Ruby Hancock. Ruby Hancock. And that would be uh, Baptist as well.
0: Uh, she was Presbyterian.
1: And what do Presbyterians believe? Or what is a Presbyterian service? I don't know. Boring, boring. Oh yeah, sleepy making. As all, a kid, they're all rather boring. Oh my god,
0: just all the, I remember, all the
1: services. I
0: remember that feeling as a kid of going to church and just like the heaviness of just like like a tryptophan pumped room. <laughs> It's like a little too hot. Just instant sleepiness. <laughs> just like, and how painful it was to try to to sing. Like singing choir songs was always like, I was like, what are we doing? Nobody knows this tune. We're all reading it. We're learning it for the first time here. This is crazy.
1: This is a goddamn rehearsal. <laughs> Lighten up, everyone. And I would always act like I was sick when I would go to church. I'm like, Mom, I don't feel good. Like you don't want to go or once I got there and I was like was there a sick room where you could dodge out and hang out I would just like go like cry room No I would just go walk and walk around the halls I loved
0: I loved that their Exploring. church Yeah oh my god a church for kids to just like walk around and how musty yeah. it smells and stuff I used
1: to set up the Montessori school at our church mm. so our Catholic church our lady of Mount Carmel in the suburbs I had a job on the weekends where we had set up the they rented out space, but it was fun to have keys to the church and to make coffee and oh, like yeah. hot chocolate. I was like a junior in high school or a senior. Wow. It was kind of cool, though, to roam the church hallways and yeah. go to the places where, like, Jesus was locked up and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or the cloaks. Jesus the gimp? Well, the they cloaks, the not Jesus.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. They keep Jesus
1: in the basement? He's- Jesus was the neighboring school's mascot. It was a uh, goat. It was all sports sports <laughs> rivalry. <laughs> Jesus the goat. From Hinsdale Central. That's funny. I was gonna ask you, did you do you see something that maybe you got from your genetic father and something you got from your environmental in a psychological way?
0: I I totally got. Well, it's interesting like as far as what I got from my dad, because I heard all these stories, you know, as a kid. Of the magician. Of the magician.
1: And, the newsman.
0: And the photographer. And the photographer. And I used to be a photographer, and yeah. I, got, I got into that. Um, so I don't know how much of that was that I, I mean, I think I, I'm i good at it. Uh, and so you I, are a good photographer. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I was fishing. And so. <laughs> <laughs> and, we can tighten that up
1: in post-sync. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he'll, log, he'll say, that, that log I used pause. to do photography and then have my response <laughs> because say quickly thereafter, you are a good photographer. Yeah, because you like rolled your eyes and, and I was oh, like- it's just like, you so desperate sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Brian, we love you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you? I mean, do you know who I am, though? Well, we're finding that's what, out. Aren't that's we? what this
1: is about. That's what this palate cleansing is. Because everybody is like, oh, "I love improv." Let's talk about. Yeah, this these history. guys are not improvising. <laughs> so go ahead about right. the uh, magic, you, father. Yeah. And, so and I just heard
0: these stories, and uh, yeah, there's something that was intriguing to me that somebody. I'm related to, had this completely t- different world existence. You know, he did things that nobody else in my family did. So my mom was a teacher. My dad did right-of-way for the electric company, which is basically going through, like, the country and saying, hey, we're going to put a power, you know, a mm-hmm. tower here on your land. You can't do anything about it. So he was a, kind of a bad guy.
1: Eminent domain purchases. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um... Yeah. So it was, I think there's something that, that piqued my interest to kind of go that way. But I mean, at the same time, I just was always interested in that stuff. I was always interested in comedy uh, Mm -hmm. and art. Um, And I, you know, I thought, I fancy myself being, I was like, I thought I was going to be a writer, but I didn't like to read. (laughs) I like,
1: I like ideas, but I was like, "Ah, too. uh, how do you get smarter if you don't like to read? Like, isn't reading the only way to get smart? No, apparently not because I am brilliant. You're smart. I'm just I'm curious how or whatever smart is. But yeah. I mean, how do you educate yourself more if you're not reading? I think you have to be op-
0: open mindedness. It makes you smart. It it allows you to to take in information or be open to it. You know what I mean? I mean, I I, I would read, you know,
1: because there's a lot of dumb hippies for yeah. example. Yeah. And I think the stereotype of hippies is that they're open-minded, like, Amy hey, man, anything's cool. That's true. That's so true. So go deeper on that for me. I guess. Explain what you mean. Well, just thinking in terms of like my,
0: I was never a good reader. Like my mom was always trying to get me to read and I would sort of just like, it was like church. I would get sleepy and fall asleep mm-hmm. in the middle of reading. Mm-hmm. But I liked what I was ingesting. It was maybe just, maybe I needed if audible books had been around earlier i would have taken in a lot more um, yeah it's more of a, a, a mechanics thing of how
1: my how my body your intake no i'm yeah. a good listener like i probably take in a lot of audio news and a lot of audio podcasts and yeah. a lot of audio
0: book cuz my daughter like can that. read like she's a, she's a devours books like she'll i'll get her a book she reads it in like two days i'm like this should last you six months that's how long
1: this would last me because i'll read a little bit and go put it down read it is her comprehension legit or yeah. is she just racing because sometimes jude my oldest yeah he'll race through something i'm like come here you're just like like he does read fast but sometimes he hops yeah yeah and it's like no you should read the whole thing right i think she's pretty good yeah she'll she'll,
0: she'll replay stuff back to me that's a gift. Yeah, or or if she's not into it, she'll just bail. She's like, I don't like this, and I'm and always like, well, give it a chance. She's like, no, <laughs> not into it. What is she reading these days? She's not. That it sort of stopped. <gasps> she, quit <reading. gasps> she quit reading. She's quit reading. She's for just, real. Yeah, she's very with into- the new haircut.
1: She quit reading. With Was new- it a whole personality shift? Yeah,
0: just slime is her. Thing. she's all
1: about the slime business
0: she's all about slime she's getting a little <laughs> she's getting a little t v and internet y which is kind of she wants to make a
1: youtube channel of her slime business
0: no she has a, a instagram i know yeah no she, she doesn't make, slime no i mean that she she's just really into like binge watching series and stuff which i don't, it, i this is the thing where i'm like i don't know because she's choosing like she sought out the office and she watched all of The Office, and now she's watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And, like, the, you know, for me, it was, like, Carol Burnett and Andy Griffith and uh, uh, The Monkeys, and, uh, like, those were my shows, like, the ones that— My are-
1: kids legitimately turn me on to, like, One Day at a Time on Netflix. Yeah. And it's really good. Yeah. And they've made me a huge Bob's Burgers fan. I wouldn't yeah. have pursued it. Yeah. So they have good taste, and they do binge yeah. certain shows— But I don't mind it. I feel like their their taste has been pretty good. Yeah, that's right. And like, and it maybe is the learning you're talking about. Like there is like information, maybe through the guise of comedy, or one day at a time is also dramatic. And it's also,
0: it's a big identity thing. Like, and this is you know any parent is going to be like, oh, I I identify with what you're going through, so I will support it. I don't identify what you're going through, so that seems like a threat, or this this is off, you know, off script for me, and those things with her where I'm like, well, I mean, that's what I did. I would just like love to watch these shows and think about them and and you know, try to ape the the bits from them and stuff. And when she she does that stuff, I'm I'm proud, you know, mm-hmm. I like it, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm willing to sort of say like, yeah, I mean. Sure, you're willing to watch uh, five seasons of TV in two weeks or something, um, but that's just sort of how it is now. They have that that the the ability and resources to just
1: like. Well, we binged, it. Yeah, we binged over Christmas break. We binged the second season of Stranger Things. Yeah, and it was like two a night, and it was really fun. Yeah, no, that and was it's a really fun family thing, and the. Kids remembered it, and I paused it when it got too scary, and Cece's still six-ish. Yeah. Gonna be seven, not for a while. So I had to watch her a little bit, but it was Mm -hmm. really fun, but it is, it's the balance thing. You just have to make sure it's not all binging Netflix, but it, I think it's objectively a good time. Yeah. I don't think it's bad for you.
0: No, I mean, she, I watched... Stranger Things the first season and I was like you may want to check this out mm-hmm. and she's like well we watch it with me and then we watched both seasons together and that like I said it was great it was a total just like oh my god we're gonna do this this is so great mm-hmm. and it would be like two at a time and then you know she'd always want to like, let's do a third one I was like no
1: can't. can't I remember saying when my kids I took them through since the relaunch of Star Wars whatever it was three four years ago I took them through That's the me three drinking. yeah I took them through the three grades that I grew up with, you know, mm-hmm. in the movie theater releases, and then we went. But they instantly, after, like, the first or second one, they were like, pause it, rewind it. They would like a segment. And then they were like, that guy's from whatever. Can we watch that movie now? Oh, yeah. Like they, they would jump around? They were already like, uh, can we see another one with the Ewoks, Dad? We like the Ewoks. Which one? What is there another one that has more Ewoks? Oh. Like, their concept of manipulating thing that I saw in a movie theater one summer for 90 minutes and yeah. then, then had to wait two more years to see another one. Right. They were like, pause it, rewind it, buy this one, get right. another one, show me the other versions, yep. rewind it, turn on director's comp, like all that manipulation of what I thought was like a sacred document. Yeah. It's kind they of like- just Back and forth with it. They interact with it.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's like watching a play. It's like, hey, let's see what's backstage. Oh, cool. You're going on stage
1: next. Oh, what else have you done? Yeah. what is? Who's the killer? Can yeah, I ask who's, who's the, the killer? killer? <laughs> Why do you carry the axe? Yeah. So it is interactive in, in a good way. And they also love to know things beforehand so they don't get scared. Oh, which yeah. Which I find cute. Like they're like, Dad, who's the. How does he die and why does he die? I'm like, do you want to know or you don't want to know? Oh, wow. Well. Like, I think I want to know. Like, Jude's like that. He doesn't want to be totally shocked. He would love to uh. read. Lately, we've been reading uh, plot descriptions of some of the... Mu- we listen to musicals on the way to school, like Evan Hansen and mm-hmm. Adam's Family, and because kids like musicals. I yep. like musicals, too. And uh, then they'll... We'll read at night. We'll go. What's the what's the story Evan Hansen about? What's mm. Adam's family about? And Jude wants to know it because he knows at some point he's going to see it in his life. So he wants to know what it what the story is before he then goes to see the story. Ah. yeah, I
0: think. no, nah, she's pretty game for being surprised. Yeah, sometimes she 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 will. But I, I mean, she she's asked that, and I'm like, no, no, just wait. It'll be better because if you know it's coming, you're going to just be like, oh yeah, that wasn't as impacting as i thought it would be we watched jurassic park uh this week which i had never seen the original one first one first one okay um and it was kind of crazy like how i mean a lot of it you know is pretty puppety looking mm-hmm. of the stuff but like the first tyrannosaurus rex we were both like oh my god oh my god like grabbing each other's arms and stuff it was great it was
1: in in front of the tv yeah wow yeah
0: it was fun it was yeah. it was nice to be like oh yeah It's not just this thing that's sort of like just there, you know. And then, but at a certain point, she's like, So, wait, there are more of these? Yeah. She's like, Why? Why would they let them build another park? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, and the story of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm like, like, Yeah, right. I was like, That's the power of greed. She's like, No, nobody would let that happen. (laughs) I'm like, Well, you kind of, yeah, I know. They might. They might. They might. Yeah. So I, I I don't know
1: what happens in the second one. We're gonna watch. Oh, this. there's a lot of goodness to come. Yeah, they're all good. I don't know what their names are. Jurassic, whatever. Yeah, re- revisited or th- I, I couldn't tell you the title. Jurassic. I, I've Keith. seen them all. Yeah, the kids like them. They always hum the. Na, 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 I would say da, the, na, the ending na, of Jurassic na, na, Park na,
0: na. so weird, where they're in the helicopter and it just sort of feels like they're they're just all really pretty happy. Like the kids survived and they're snuggling up yeah. to Sam Neill. The ordeal of it all. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's, a, it's not It's not PTSD. It's just like, wow, that was pretty crazy. You really messed up, old man. That's cool. That's well, I home. think the
1: survival of the ordeal, do you remember seeing the Tom Hanks movie where he fights the pirates in the African Sea? He He's a captain oh, yeah, of yeah, a yeah. ship. Yeah. And then the whole ordeal ends or something and then he just slowly breaks down. Yeah. There's something cool about that, like yeah. the, the the residual. That's what it should be, but
0: I guess yeah. That, but Spielberg's not going to have that, you know. I mean, he's not going to have the two kids like shaking and sort of like unable to to be touched or you know whatever, cowering in the corner. It yeah, just, that's not his story. No, but it he likes
1: like, the he likes a happy
0: ending. Philo was like, good. She was very confused. She was like, why is why are they acting that way? They just were. They almost all died. What's going on? They all act are acting like they just
1: came back from the best vacation they've ever had, and they're all relaxed. Like, Is there a, a consistent, like Spielberg has a style or a point, except for maybe Schindler's List, he generally likes the happy ending or the, the hero winning out and the sort of, I don't know if it's schlocky, but he does juice it a little bit, the emotion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a tendency in your creative... Obviously it'd be funny, right? Like if if yeah. I watched a Brian Husky play or movie right. or character, if you did a show of five characters, would there be a theme? Uh yeah, they would uh they'd all be
0: frustrated. I think there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of uh um kind of like imperfect authority. Frustration makes me
1: laugh, though. I, I have to say, like a frustrated I man, woman, well, very I, funny.
0: Like one of my heroes is Don Knotts. And so he was this guy who thought he was bigger than he was. He had like this false authority thing. And I love that. And, and I think I, had, you know, at times have identified with that. And,
1: uh, and then, you like know. Like you had, like, you were captain of the patrol Team the cross the crossing guards like you had false authority in what situations? Oh, just lifeguard. No, no. Boss I think it, at a I think it's, it's sort of like the
0: the the face you present to people where you're sort of like, oh yeah, I got this. When I, internally, you're like, I don't got this. I don't okay. know what's going on. I don't okay. know. I heard this interview with Jason Alexander, and, and he was talking about. Um his first girlfriend was like, you know, you come off really cocky. And he's like, what were what you talking about? Like, I'm the most insecure person I know. And she's like, you come off really cocky. And he realized that he just like was putting up this big front a lot of times because he felt that way internally, you know? And I think I've identified with that. That kind of like, uh, you know, nervousness and, and stuff. And yeah. And I think the other thing is sort of, uh, which used to I've gone in and out of like sort of loving it and then sometimes being like uh, I don't like ident- being identified with that but sort of like having like a, a internal rage
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: or high energy certainly high yeah. energy yeah, yeah.
1: but it's rage far- yeah
0: yeah definitely rage I mean I yeah. think that's more of my like more in the improv stuff okay like because you get to I mean that's the you know now now we're having long form conversation but it's like the fact that we get to 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 be in public and just unfiltered kind of like make you know an unconscious choice you know I'm going to make a character choice but it's informed by who I am or the position I'm taking like you get to play out a lot of mental stuff on stage which is I great I
1: never think of that but that is true
0: oh it's totally t-
1: absolutely true I do know that like when I do a show because I don't perform as much anymore I do yeah. like one show a month maybe I do a podcast here But once a month, maybe at best, in terms of pure improv, old school. But I always feel great afterwards. Yeah. I I fucking love it. I do. Oh my God. And it is like church, bringing it back. Like it is the one thing that I think is like spiritually enriching, inherently Mm -hmm. good for you is to like do comedy with friends or to do comedy with other artists that are talented. Yeah. In an audience. And then to like, push the boundary and find something meaningful or engaging with that audience in that moment. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting that there's, you know, there's the the variants of people who you know like Gimberling and Gelman and and those guys like the Ruru guys like it was all about sort of like Testing the audience and pushing the line and just seeing how dark and hard they could go and the cracked out era too yeah was about that yeah. and 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 when I was performing with uh, naked babies like Cordry and Seth and John Bowie, our whole thing was sort of like about we were very self reflective and so we would do a lot of the stuff was sort of like. Like, our first show was called We Hate Myself, and it was all this st- stuff about sort of just like being at odds with who you were. Mm. Whether I mean, they were dumb bits, but like at the core of them, they were sort of, you know. I Hating think, yourself? Yeah, about, you know, being sort of- like, Modesty we, or something? No, I think it was like mid-30s, trying to figure out who the fuck we were and what mm. we wanted. Uh, like, Bowie and I- had to. We were not actors when we started. We were both had to give ourselves permission to start to do it. And Cordrey was was an actor, mm-hmm. and so we all looked to him as like, oh, you're our leader, you know, our kind of guide. And Seth was this this outlier Californian guy who's like, oh my god, he's so funny and and weird and kind of like open to whatever, mm-hmm. uh, like all that stuff fell in. It's unavoidable. Like that that stuff falls into what you make, you know. So
1: true. Yeah, you can't. Uh, you are the delivery system, so you yeah. can't extract your personality from it. And in, it's in, in any way,
0: yeah. And it's interesting knowing people, you know, performing like, like you and just friends I know for twenty years, like especially like, like on soundtrack, I've been friends with Mansukh and Jesse Falcon and Scott Armstrong, and I know a lot of their personal. Stuff. I don't know
1: who Scott Armstrong is, but he's um. Doesn't matter. We don't need to. Linger. He used to write commercials. That's all I know. Okay, about. <laughs> okay.
0: But uh, he, uh, like, just knowing them, and and when you make they, you know, they make a choice on stage. Sometimes you're like, oh, I get that. I get why you're doing that. I know what that is. Not in a damning way. No. Almost like in you know, like, oh yeah. And I mean, it helps you because you sort of know what to expect from people, or not what to expect, but you know where it's coming
1: from and that probably affects your choice too. It is like the, there could be a point if you did so much improv, you would be sick of yourself. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I can't say anything differently. I can't do a different scene. Yeah. I can't escape my choices. Oh yeah. Oh, I have, you know, that, that, and I do, I deal with that too. I've done a bunch of shows in my life. I've done that. I've done the Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours, I'm sure. Yeah. But you do try to wrestle or stay humble and like, fuck, I just want to do one good scene that I haven't done in a while. Right? Wow. I want to do one good character. Or I just want it to be so stupid and funny. Yeah. Like that's ultimately the best show. Like if it's super stupid. Yeah. And, and funny for the audience too. Yeah. That's the best show. Well, the abandon. Like if you can. Yes, have... that abandonment. Yeah. That is exactly right. Like the logic is there somehow, but you're not stressed about the justification of it all and the callback of it right. all, but you stumble into a wonderful spill premise. Oops! Ooh. And uh, should we pause, Sig? I spilled water. Oh. Has this ever happened? Oh my god! Let's keep it live. Let's see what happens, Brian. Let's you just keep see. the show going. I'm gonna get a towel. Okay. All
0: right. Well, just sort of. I did. Not, that's not gonna be enough. You won't have any. I'll, I'll assume what your response to me will be. But I, uh, I did a ass cat the other night. Matt Walsh is not here right now, so he would be like, oh, I do that once a month. and I, would, I don't care about how often you do at." This is about me. And he would be like, all right, don't make a big deal about it. And I'd be like, well, you always sort of point out things that I say thinking it's funny, but sometimes it makes me uncomfortable. And then he would probably be like, oh, wow, now it's going to get really real. And I was like, don't get all serious. Let's just like try to stay on topic.
1: Somebody left their stinky Mexican food in the kitchen. <laughs>
0: It will be me oh. uh, as he wipes down the water. I did Ask out for the first time in probably two years, uh, just because every time they've called up, I'm like, I can't. I, You know, daddy, daddy life. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I felt so, it was a good show, but I felt so old and slow and yeah. and, and like things are happening Who did you around play with? me. Um, Gil Ozari and Gimberling and Zach Woods. Yeah, and a uh, very funny girl named Rose, and then a very funny guy named Sean, who I don't know their last names. Dunstan? Maybe. Okay. Um, Good group. Yeah, that yeah. was great. It was a yeah. great show. No. But, um, yeah, I definitely felt sort of like... I just felt slow. I just Well, felt, you could have been, but, yeah.
1: it, it, but it is like the return... This is so Inside Baseball. Mm-hmm. But I think those return shows... To a format you haven't done in a while, like the next Ask Cat or Ask Cat-esque show, right. you would probably be back to where you, know you what? felt I, good.
0: I noticed I was doing, which I think was a product of... Mother? Pro- or soundtrack? N- uh, no, the thing I was doing in that show was calling out <clears throat> um, missteps that they were doing in the scene. <laughs> <laughs> like a jerk to fuck with them? Kind of, but it would always <laughs> turn into something. They like, they inevitably turned into like character bits you know character things jason does that all the time you know
1: like would it be like uh john adams was our second president not thomas jefferson no no, it wasn't wasn't like that it was i hate i hate improvising with people like
0: that yeah yeah no it was a thing of like like in one scene rose said that we were on a college tour driving around and stuff and she's like and so he's here dropping me off for college and so it established that she was in college And then later in the scene, she's like, so I still need to apply to college. I'm like, wait, you haven't applied to college? And she forgot that she – and so I was like, wait, you haven't even applied? What are we doing here? And it became this thing. But then after – It was funny. That is good. But then there's another thing with uh, Winger. John – Joe Winger did it too. And he said, like, I've got a bunch of rules I need you to go by. And they made a big deal about that. And he was like, okay, so I have one rule and only one rule you need to go by. I like, well, wait, you just said a bunch of rules. And then that turned into something. But afterwards I was like, that was kind of my thing. of just like <laughs> listening and like changing the course of
1: it. But that is the equivalent of solid defense in a basketball game. Yeah. Creating turnovers. At the very least, if you're listening and grounding the reality and, and acting as if it's real, you're playing, you're running the court. You're right. doing, I think you're doing a service to the scene. The thing I don't do as much, and I think it's a product of doing,
0: like I just do the show soundtrack now, it has a very, it doesn't need sort of like joke conjugation, if you know what I mean, like where it like heightening necessarily. Okay. You won't have a thing where uh, it it'll happen, but it doesn't necessitate like an ASCAT or an, and a herald and stuff where you have an idea and you revisit the idea, bring it back and change it, that kind of thing. And that was sort of happening a lot, and I was like, oh man, I haven't done, I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> so there's
1: a lot of kind of like backline like
0: see, what else would be funny? Oh, scene's over. Okay.
1: Cool. Uh, I see. Yeah. So is it more monoscenic, perhaps, in the soundtrack? Soundtrack, soundtrack is just very, like, you get, you know, it, they're
0: short, weird, and they're just, they're sort of like one direction. They okay. just, like, the scene starts and it kind of goes and ends, and then another scene starts and goes and ends, and you'll get little, you'll be able to do little callbacks of little elements and stuff, but you don't necessarily marry entire storylines as much. Sometimes you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've noticed it's just, it's sort of like the music gives you the, the idea for the premise. The, show, the scene starts. It, it's over a new one. It kind of reboots itself a lot more.
1: So it makes me think of, you're a famous person and you have a show called Mr. Neighbor. Super famous. You're legit. You're legit. I'm the biggest. Comedy. We'll say B-plus level celebrity. We don't have to rate it. Okay, <laughs> let's not rate it. Let's not rate it. Um, you're an A-plus in my heart. All right. Uh, Mr. Neighbor has a special coming out the 24th of June. Yes, Mr. Yeah. it's Mr. Neighbor's House
0: 2. Mr. Neighbor's House 2. Uh, and it's June 24th at midnight. And just because it's on Adult Swim, so June 24th is actually going to be, I think, a Saturday
1: night. So Saturday night after Robot Chicken. Just yes. tell them that. Yeah, yeah. Saturday. yeah, we already parsed this. Yeah. We didn't do it live, but we're no, doing no, it live no. now. But my question for you is, you wrote that with who? Uh, Jesse Falcon and Jason Mansukas. Who's a crazy person. But yeah. And a sweet person. Yeah. And Jason Mansukas. Yeah. Did you guys, let's say, in the first one you wrote, did you have a structure in mind? Or is it aping like a Mr. Rogers type show? Like, we, Was the structure dic- dictated by the parody of it all? We...
0: When we had it, we came up with the idea, we were just talking about kids shows that we liked growing up. And then the more we talked about them, this is just after a show, like literally after a a soundtrack. And we were just talking about it. And then we talked about how they all had a weird, like, seeing them now, they all had a weird kind of. Surreal menace to them. There's just that, and it's that separation. It's that thing like you're not. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So you're not a kid. So you're not sort of applying the 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 willingness to to think this puppet is like sweet and kind and stuff. You're kind of like, oh, this is kind of weird, you know. So we were just talking about the different shows that we liked, and we talked about Mister Rogers being a kind of ironclad in that way. You know, mm-hmm. he he's pretty. He, he doesn't come off as creepy unless yeah. unless you kind of give it some element. So we just talked about me. It would be funny as me as kind of like a, a an angry kid show host. But then the more we talked about it, it was just um, – I didn't want to just do a thing where it's just like – I didn't want to be mean to Mr. Rogers. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't, yeah. want, I didn't want to be mean to kid shows. I wanted to make it about a guy. Yeah. Um, so – I guess to answer your question, that was just the launching point. And I got more interested into like the the psychology of like why someone might be crazy, why someone might be uh, unstable enough to sort of build a fantasy world. Um and that's what, and so that's what the kid share was is is his sort of like fantasy. so world. you
1: built you you took joy in finding what the dark secrets were behind the manifestations of the show. yeah, the exploration of that.
0: yeah. And the other thing was like, mm, adult swim, you have permission to do anything there. And that, I think, and that's an improv training thing. It's like that can be dangerous. Really, like, mm-hmm. you can just like you can be as crazy as you want. And sometimes that just feels like an untethered, like you know, cannon of just madness. Where you're like, all right, that's crazy, and that's crazy, and that's crazy. And I don't know, nothing has like a any impact. So we wanted to ground it and have some rules for what this universe was and who this guy is. So we had so we could sort of build off of that. You know, and so we were very, we're pretty strict with ourselves about like, oh, this could happen. Like, no, that that could happen, but it doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve the the story that we have for him. It always has to kind of be. So, did you
1: avoid? Did you find yourself avoiding gratuitous cruelty or darkness? Yeah, yeah, for no payoff. Yeah, sort of.
0: It all everything had to tie back to him. Like, if if so, if you haven't seen the first one, it kind of. I mean. Reveals a little bit. It reveals a lot. He does this kid show, but we learned that it may or may not be happening in his own head. So when you sort of see all the things that are happening, they're all manif- they are all sort of expressions of like the stuff he's struggling with. Mm-hmm. So the characters there are sort of like emblematic of like. a lot. Give us some examples of the struggles, that- like like uh, well, there's a handbag. That is representative of his mother, okay. and then at the end of it, uh, and he's having this birthday party, and he hopes his mother shows up for the birthday party. Um, and then, does the handbag talk? Is it a character? It shows up at the at the at party. the party, uh-huh. and he gets into a big like argument with his mother. As a handbag, as a handbag, mm-hmm. and she's drunk, and it's like a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> And then he has like there's this character Mary Holland plays named Miss lady who plays a librarian, and he has this he has a crush on her, but he definitely has like kind of some deep seated sexual conflicts in himself about like relationships to women and stuff so that's good, yeah, and then all that stuff, like whether you see that or not it's it's more for us to kind of right,
1: you know what I mean, but I do want to know the structure, like the structure of it is. A kid show, and then the possible reveal or the M Night Shyamalan element is like: Is this happening in his head, or is this really a show? Right. And then there's also behavior that can happen. Is the what was the length of the first one that aired? Twenty, like twenty-two. They're both 22. Are all twenty-two minutes. What would go out as broadcast, or is there downtime? It's between all, segments. Uh, it's. What
0: do you mean? Is there a commercial
1: break? Like Larry Sanders had backstage footage, oh, no. and then they had no. On the show, footage. it's
0: all it's all just the show, all the show. So the first one is a full Mister Neighbors Welcome. episode where he's having his thirty first annual fifth birthday party, um, and so he he the whole show is about him getting ready for the party, um, and then it kind of, you know, kind of comes down to this big, big conflict at the end. Got it. And then the next one is a it's a Mister Neighbors episode that explodes out of itself and that's all i'm gonna say
1: cool yeah uh you might get meta i bet you might get super meta maybe maybe Okay. Maybe. i don't want to tease it away Okay. we just we
0: make use of uh how many how many versions of
1: reality a human mind might have like a fly's eyeball where there's multiple faceted images we're Maybe. Dealing with?
0: This is all, like, I got this. this who's teasing me, it out, who is, baby.
1: Who's returning, voices-wise or actor-wise? Oh, this one, the cast explodes. Like, tell me who's going to be in. You can I, tell us that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one has Mary
1: Holland's back. Dave, As the bag? Uh, no, she's Miss Lady. Miss Lady. And what was Miss Lady's deal? Miss Lady was a librarian. How does she relate to his psyche? Uh, what is she emblematic of?
0: Uh, he, he... Like, he's a relationship he can never... She's a relationship he can never have, basically.
1: Okay, so the frustrated, sort of perfect woman in his mind? Yeah. That Okay. Yeah. Um, Dave Tooney is Ice Cream Bruce. And what is Ice Cream Bruce's sort of struggle for you? Uh, or for Mr. name He's not. He's not? his <laughs> he's, comic he's character? He's a funny character. Okay. Um, Dave is funny.
0: And then all the other people, I can't tell you what their roles are
1: because they're all new and... Kind of. Oh, Adult Swim told you that you can't re- release. Like, no. if I went on IMDb, there wouldn't be a cast in the person they played. You'd see it, but I don't want to say what their roles are. All right, on well, show. then just tell me their names. Jerry. I want to get some. Jerry, who? Jerry Minor. Oh, I love Jerry Minor. Yeah. He, he plays. Uh, he is. The name of, or the person, the thing, the he, object. He, he's a co worker. He's a co worker at the show. I see. This is where I can't tell okay, you. Okay. So it's just co. his credit would be co worker. I can't even, I don't want to I need you that. gotcha stuff. I'm a good journalist. <laughs> I'm going to get something that the fans are going to be like, oh, that was good.
0: Okay. I'll say Gil Ozari is, is a wrongly accru- accused criminal. <laughs> uh, Mark Who Evan. Who enters into your world? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Uh, Mark Evan Jackson. Do you know uh-huh. him? Yeah. Uh, sort of an everyman. Yeah. Uh, who I, I was like, he and I always go out for the same thing. Uh, so I was like, it's good, good to be working with you instead of fighting against you. Yeah. Uh, he uh, He's he's the doctor. Ooh. Um, okay. Uh, who else? Uh, Joey McIntyre of the Backstreet Boys.
1: Really? Yeah. He plays Joey McIntyre? He's a host. He's a host. He's a host. Like a TV host? Uh, sort yeah, of? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jean Villapique. Love Gene Villapique. She's a housewife. Is she related? How is she related to Mr. Neighbor? Um, she's not. Is she someone that rep is representative of his past? And uh, his psyche? No. A former? No. Anything? No. Just a generic housewife sort of. Yeah. Or typical housewife. Yeah. Okay. Seth Morris. Who does Seth Morris play? Uh, plays my father. What is father? What's the fa- did he appear in the first one?
0: Uh, no, we had a different. The, fir, the father in the first one was actually our producer, who just was just in a photo in, a family, in the family okay. on the on the mantle. Okay. Good. And then Colleen Smith, who did some puppets in the first one, uh, also plays played my mother in that photo and is now my mother in the
1: second. One. And Seth Morris is your dad. Yeah. And what is Seth like as your dad?
0: Um, he's just like Seth. Is yeah. he goofy like Seth? No, no, he's no. he's kind of tightly wound. He's tightly wound. <laughs> It's kind of a sad scene. Okay. <laughs> this one, this one is either, I will say, people need to be prepared that it, it leans more towards like, it's like a psychological horror show mm-hmm. mixed with comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's soup, it's pretty dark. It's like a tweaked
1: reality or a tweaked darkness. Yeah. it's
0: okay. It's got a dark storyline in it. And we leaned into that. We're like, because we didn't want to make fun of, like, we were thinking, like, if somebody loses their mind, you can't make fun fun of the circumstances we could find we felt like we, if we're gonna have a scene we can find something funny in that scene but we don't want to make fun of the circumstances that he's going through
1: mm-hmm. so that was sort of like hard. discount someone who's dealing with addiction yeah. or with depression yeah or, yeah okay yeah you don't want to be like oh look at this goof did Jason pop into camera at all no no didn't want to no we had Jesse re- Falcon uh, no
0: he had show uh, his testicles or something no he didn't show no? his, his anus or testicles Nothing? or anything okay. no And when we did, we did a pilot, originally we did a pilot and Mm -hmm. they were like, well, we're not going to do a series, but you can do a special. In the pilot, he played a character called Scarf Monster that is literally a giant pile of scarves. That's a monster. And we're like, do you want to reprise that role? And he's like, that's the fucking hottest thing I've ever (laughs) worn in my life. I will never do that
1: again. (laughs) I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. Uh... Their... It's okay. You yeah. don't have to go through everyone. I was just trying. I think getting the fact that the dad is actually Seth Morris this time is a big deal. I don't think anybody's broke that story yet.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In you your got, special. You got your gotcha.
1: I got a little bit of something. Yeah. Like I think we can tease that in the when we drop this. Nice. Okay. In the long conversation, long form conversation. We'll hold back on it until they listen, but... <laughs> We can even tease the minute where you reveal that <laughs> Seth Morris embodies a picture of a different man uh-huh. who becomes your father in the second And people who are, who
0: are not re- listening carefully will be like, wait, Seth Morris is Brian Husky's dad?
1: Yeah. That's fucked.
0: Time is fucked up. Seth looks amazing. Or Brian looks awful.
1: What <laughs> are the other... And you shot that in L.A., right?
0: Yeah, we shot it over in Glendale at. Uh, do you know that Glendale Television Studios?
1: Is that where they did Bang Bang?
0: Yeah, yeah. Which is now Shamrock Studios. They've love like it. redone it big oh, time.
1: Cool. Uh, but it's such a. I love that place, dude. We're so L.A. We're talking. What's your favorite studio? Before oh, we go, baby. What's your favorite studio? To well, work at. To work at. Yeah, and it could be related to where it is, relation to your home, or just more You've Brothers. had good luck there. WB Warm, in the Valley, super close. Burbank, super close. Back door, right oh out of Echo.
0: Oh man, I can pop. I can. I can ride up through Griffith Park, Long Forest Lawn. Boom, I'm gonna go right CBS there.
1: Radford. Oh yeah, oh, that's super close. So close. To close. You. So close. To you. I could almost ride my bike there, and I could almost to Warner Brothers, but I like for some reason CBS Radford feels quaint.
0: The thing I like about this one, it, it felt like it was a studio maybe in Poughkeepsie or something
1: it's so tiny yeah. and humble and like yeah. ramshackle which I love I did a show in New York judge, I got to play a judge on like a procedural uh-huh. and they shoot it in Greenpoint Brooklyn I believe mm-hmm. or whatever and you go there and it's right by the, the fecal processing center oh for the God. whole city there's like four domes of centrifugal shit swirling <laughs> in these state of the art it's like, it looks very state of the art but it's like super industrial and like poison soil and it's like There you go, right in there. And that's where they shoot, like, Blue Bloods and other shows. But it's like, New York doesn't care about show business. Like, in Hollywood, it's going to be like, Flowers and Paramount Pictures welcomes you to this bench where Humphrey Bogart kissed Ingrid Bergman. And then New York's like, go there, go right. No, that's not you. That's the shit factory. Keep going. (laughs) Nah, that's where you go.
0: You're in the other shit factory. (laughs) You pretentious dick. Well, thank you for joining. Thanks, uh, thanks for getting the gotcha journalism in there. I love that stuff. Oh, I man. love,
1: I love being a gotcha
0: journalist. I want to be able to say more about it, but I'm also very like, I don't know how M Night Shyamalan does it, man. How does he hold back so much from?
1: Well, he just built in one big thing at the end. Yeah, everything has like a second reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this. Yeah, watch. Please it. watch it. I'm very proud of it. Yeah, yeah. I, think I cool. will. Cool. I will. All right, not just you.
0: Everybody's listening. Oh,
1: sorry. Oh, you're so desperate. I've Jesus. got to. F- this is the game, maybe. Uh, this is how you do it. It's you're
0: not. Th- bagging, though. You're begging. Our interaction bumming people is out. not real. This is about promotion. <laughs>
1: They've, you've hit it. Now you're overstaying. You're welcome. <laughs> they don't want. Fuck they're turning it off. Is the car service here? This is bullshit.
0: You've been listening to the UCB Longform Conversations podcast on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and review at itunes.com slash UCB Comedy. The opinions expressed in this episode are those of the comedians talking and don't necessarily reflect the opinions of UCB Theater or Training Center. Find cutting-edge comedy videos on YouTube and Vimeo at UCB Comedy. Find our live shows at ucbtheater.com and connect with us on social media at UCB Comedy.